Hello, it's Denise from Women Beyond a Certain Age. I am so excited today because a very dear friend of mine is on. I'm already starting to laugh because we laugh a lot when we're together. Now, yes, we used to be work associates and we knew each other for 20 years because of ICP, but uh, we have really become dear friends. And that's my friend, Patty Landre. Hey, Hello. you guys. Nice uh, to see you. I'm the only one that can see you. <laughs> I'm so glad to see you. So I wanted Patty, I asked Patty last week if she would come on the show. And here's the thing. She was so funny. Oh, I don't know if I, what do I have to say that's interesting, blah, blah, blah. But here, what is interesting. Some of you listening will know Patty from her very famous Camp Blogaway. Now, Camp Blogaway was one of the very first blogging weekends if we can go back that far because people now there seems to be a, a blogging conference every weekend patty took all her years of owning her own public relations firm the laundry company and matched up bloggers and sponsors i mean this seems so ancient history now patty but i remember watching you do it thinking no one's doing this and it was so successful and so fun now, I always say that was kind. One day, Patty showed up on one of my shoots to take some pictures of us because she was writing a blog and working on Camp Blog. And in the most offhanded way possible, here this woman who has had such a successful business, she, you said to me, I'm retiring. And I went, <laughs> what? I was, I mean, it was like so astounding to me that you all of a sudden, you said, I'm retiring. And I first thought, oh my God, now that I have actually retired too. You were so smart because you've had some time to live your life. Yeah, yeah, true. You Retirement is um, is awesome if you can pull it off. <laughs> it's awesome. So I just want them to know you've done various things. When yeah. first, I remember, and Patty stays so busy. She she makes she's making masks. She does quilting. She helps people. She works in her community. I mean, I don't make, want to make her sound like Sister Teresa, but she does a lot of wonderful things. But today's show, which I made her come up with, is called Patty Retiring and her time, her life at Central Casting. <laughs> and it's because not everyone probably knows this. Patty went out and became an extra. Yes, yes. But we don't call them extras anymore. No, what do you call them? They're, we are, well, background? We background actors. Oh, okay. And that came up, you know, I'm not sure exactly how long ago it was, but extras sort of connotated that you were added to a scene. Get it. Whereas as an extra, as a background, you make the scene you and you know either two to three or four people or up to 700 people you make the scene so we became background actors yeah i beg your pardon that is so <laughs> fantastic now i remember that you had some pictures done and then all of a sudden you started showing up on tv so please tell people how what first of all what made you decide to do this and then how did you go about the steps to do it i was um sort of in the process of going through a few years in retirement of figuring out how to use my time in a way that would get me out of the house. Uh, I love my husband, but you know, 
now, well, now in pandemic, we're all sealed into the same building. Like, and I'm we're trapped to, like rats, Patty. We're all trapped like rats. But at that point, when I was allowed to leave by the city rules, um, I was doing volunteering in a hospital and feeding people and, and being active. But I was at a, a photo shoot and this a fashion photographer said, oh, you should be a silver model. Now, I'm sure he was just kissing up to me, but I have, you know, I've got silver hair, like you have silver hair. Yeah. And I'm, I'm tall and I'm lanky. So I thought, of course, my ego went, ding, 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 of course. Uh, well, absolutely. What do you mean? Absolutely. Of course I should be a silver model. Well, I went to a modeling agency and they, they took me on and I got zero jobs. But she said, you know, in order to get used to how the industry is, because you know, in PR, I didn't know how the industry was. I know. She right. said, you should do some background acting. And all you have to do is sign up with Central Casting, which sounded like a heck of a lot of fun. Yes. So I went to the website. I looked it up. And what first thing I learned was there is a gig for any age, any size person, any ethnicity. It is a profession, background acting, for anyone if you can walk and you can listen because you you don't talk but you no. have to listen because you have to do stuff you can be a background actor i learned and so i i decided i'm going to do this it made me uncomfortable which i thought was a great thing yeah i think being uncomfortable is important and uh it made me stretch in ways that were completely out of any realm I had ever done except for photography. We did a lot of photography. Sure you did. In business, as yes. you have done for decades. But it's not the same. And, you know, even growing up in L.A., too, this is a very L.A. job, except there's central casting offices in different cities across the country. Okay. Or they there were until the virus. Yes. Not sure how that'll play out later but it's very LA kind of job. So central casting in LA is in Burbank, of course. Of course it is. Of course. And on the website, it said, you know, in order to sign up for central casting, you have to attend a seminar that explains what, are, what the job is, what are the expectations, what are the responsibilities. And then I was reading on Yelp or something, all the, what you really need to do to even get in that seminar, which was a good experience for what's it like to be a background actor anyway. And that is you have to be early and you have to be prepared to wait. Those are two important things. So got there early, dressed in my appropriate wardrobe. You kind of have to know what your, what your type is. Gotcha. And so you know me, you know what I look like, but other people behind a, ca a computer screen don't know. Okay, so I'm, I'm a senior. I'm tall. I'm Caucasian. I don't think I could play any other ethnicity, although there's, <laughs> that's one of the things that they like about people is if you can play certain different ethnicities. Um, I'm, I'm lanky, which means I'm not skinny, but I'm not fat. I'm just the right size for my height. And um, I have sort of a certain look to me that I don't, I've never gotten booked as a prisoner or, a, or a homeless person. Although I, I put in for those jobs because I thought it'd be really interesting. I really wanted to be a dead person, but 
I didn't get those either. Um, and, and so you go to the seminar and you listen to all the things you can do wrong, all the things you could screw up, which is fine. And then they take your picture and then you're in. And then the way that you get jobs is, it's all up to you. You have to follow the, the Central Casting Facebook page and they put out posts all day long. Fast. What they're looking for, what they're looking for, what they're looking for, what they're looking for. And you have to respond super quickly. Then that production person looks up your picture and makes a decision in a heartbeat, yay or nay. That's, that's the first complicated part. But once you're in, then the really complicated <laughs> part is you have to get to a set. Yes. That you don't know what the set's going to be. You don't even know what the show's going to be. You just know what you're going to be. Restaurant patron, woman, Caucasian woman over the age of 60. I could play, <laughs> a few years ago, I could play 55 to 75. Now, if I was doing it now, I could play 63 or <laughs> 80, probably. Um, a fresh 80. A very fresh, very fresh 80. So then you're, you're actually challenged to get to a set on time. And that is the very first way that you get in trouble. And background actors are the bottom of the barrel. We're the scum of the earth. We are nobody to anybody. And all the PAs, the production assistants, are allowed to yell at you. And they do. They yell at you. <laughs> They're all 19 and all, yeah. they're all 19. And they're, they're in a job that, that produces really angry people. Yes. The yes. Stress level is incredible yes. to them. I mean, the stress level to us is, oh my God, don't get yelled at. <laughs> and don't, and don't talk back. You know, if you talk back, you're, you go home. Absolutely. They send you home. So I had my first, my actual first gig was on Scandal. 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 And it was a, a recurring role after a while. They, they got used to what I looked like. And they liked my car. And I'll talk about my car in a minute. <laughs> but I, I, I got my wardrobe together, got up at the right time. You have to get up pretty early sometimes, like 3, 4 in the morning to be able to get to the set. You have to find the place. That's right. Park your car and then get to the sign-in desk before you're supposed to be there. Because if you get there after you're supposed to be there, they yell at you. Yes. And so um, you've got makeup, you've got wardrobe, you've got hair. Then they get you to the set and then you do your thing. Okay, so the car. I have, um, or I had, a, a Jaguar. It wasn't a fabulous, fancy Jaguar, but it was the right color. So it beautiful. A, it's a beautiful old classic car. It was yeah, and, and Jaguars didn't change models very, very often. So it could, it could be in a lot of decades this one yes car. yours could have yes so it was a pale green and a pale green jaguar um was a was a good commodity they wanted that car in scenes a lot because it wasn't red white or black no red white or black cars ever um and it was com not common but it was just an, an easy car to sit in a scene and not um call call attention to it yes yes it was, it was a good thing. so my first scene, my first gig with Scandal was not only me being a pedestrian, 
coming into a, uh, a hotel, but also then they wanted the car. That's and so the car, what's fun about being the car is you get to sit in your own car. You don't let, I, I told them nobody's ever allowed to drive my car. I will drive the car. Sure. And so you are, you got your own stuff in your car. You don't have to sit with, um, you know, take your things to the tent, the holding tent. Gotcha. You get to park in holding car. So you can charge up your phone. You can read your book. You can eat your snacks. You can take your shoes off, all that stuff. And you've got a walkie talkie. Oh my in your, God. In your lap. And suddenly they, they say, background cars and it's like oh no <laughs> i'm on <laughs> and you have to go and do what they want you to do and you line up you line up your cars and then you turn the cars off and you wait for the for the um queue and they tell you where you're going and you drive in a circle or you drive and you stop you just you know you're part of this thing See, people, because i worked on a lot of sets patty i know what background actors See, whenever I had them, well, it, t it talk shows, there's a long line for people that can't wait to get on. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But there's a pan, I mean, backstage at Ellen or anything, they pan, and if they don't like the way someone looks in the front line, I mean, they moved people around. Yeah. They, they, had, they would just say, oh, sorry, we need you out. Do you know what I mean? And they would put yeah. someone else there. And then when I worked on infomercials, when you were saying the lowliest of the lows, the poor, <laughs> of course, I come from the world of extras, but background actors, those people had to sit for hours in their cute outfits or whatever they'd done to try to, you know, to bring color. So it was a crowd of people on a set where it might be, you know, it was Ron Popeil or someone selling his roaster. So those people, but they had to sit for hours in that smelly, stinky, sometimes too hot studio and then act like, and then murmur and act like it was great and stuff like that, all the things. But I'm going to tell you something. They didn't get paid enough to do what they had to do, but um, most of them loved it. Well, it's, it's, it's minimum wage. Yeah. If you're not um, SAG after, after you're non-union it's minimum wage it's interesting and when i was doing it i i felt that there were enough uh gigs that i wasn't taking a job away from someone bless who was desperate you for work yes because i was doing mostly crowds i was i wasn't part of like a except for scandal when i was a small group um and they wanted me be especially because of what i look like i look i look like a senator i was a senator yes a, a, a mute senator on scandal um about that's five a huge role patty it's a yeah, huge role i could look i could turn my head i could i could slouch when i was supposed to slouch we had a i was in a, a filibuster scene they did a filibuster scene with the president i think her i forget her name um was filibustering and so we were all supposed to be or were acting we were acting bored in our senator seats and upset and like that, that was easy for me because you know i'm good at acting bored and i'm good at acting upset. <laughs> <laughs> but you brought up about being stinky and hot and all that oh, yeah! one of the things that i learned from fellow actors very quickly um female actors is don't wear anything precious don't wear any 
article of clothing that you like, that's that's part of your own good wardrobe because you wreck it. Yes. You you sit on curbs, you snag things. You can't see a lot of the stuff. If you if you were in a room with background people, we, we look like hobos because we're wearing we were wearing things from the thrift store. But on TV, they look you great. Can't you can't tell that that guy's pants are cinched together with a <laughs> with a belt, or that his his sleeves are too long or his collars too too gappy because you know they use pins. Wardrobe people just pin you together and clip you and all of that, so you look you look good. Yeah. But don't wear anything personal. Not even your own beautiful diamonds. I had a $35 gold band. That's my travel wedding band. I wore that um, in your own wardrobe because it's good to to um, produce your own wardrobe. You know, yeah. get, get some stuff together. They some, for some reason, like big clunky jewelry, big clunky sparkly jewelry. So instead of pearls that are the modest size yes. if you were with your friends or whatever, they liked the costume pearls that were like, big Wilma Flintstone size that, because you could read pearls on on the screen. They liked things that sparkled, they liked bags that were big, they liked jewel tone clothes. Yes. So you you only wore black if it was specified it was maybe a cocktail party that was everybody was in black tie or a funeral scene. You had to have black for that. But other than that it was good when I went to, to um, thrift stores to find jewel-toned clothing. So I had a, a women's business suit that fit me just right. And it was a, um, a green that wasn't apple green, it wasn't forest green, it wasn't sage green. It was just this jewel green that was better than navy, better than black, better than beige. And they always liked it when I showed up in that suit with a pink shirt not a white shirt they always took you out of the white shirt no white yeah and uh it was always great if they said yes to your own wardrobe because then you didn't have to go through and save, wardrobe. yeah and saves you time and at the end of the day that's the point it sounds like fun having them do your wardrobe but at the end of the day when you're done and everybody's done done if you wore your own wardrobe you only checked out at one table God. If you wore their wardrobe, you had to go to their wardrobe wagon and get it all back signed in again, and they'll go get checked out. But the best part about it being a car is they check the cars out first. Oh my! So you know to get to get the cars out of the way, get the cars out of the way, check them out first, and then well, most sets did, not all of them. Every every set was every production was had their own rules and some of them Absolutely. the nicest people i thought were the scandal it was the scandal crew because it they was were, a successful show they it was successful carrie washington would come into the set when we were all in like cocktail outfits and stuff and she would stop everything and tell us how great we looked and how much they appreciated how background contributed to the scene we couldn't have the scene without you and she would applaud us and every all the crew would applaud us and we would feel like we were great and 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 they had great food they fed us really well this is so patty from you know all the sets i worked on it's the talent or the director that sets the mood do you know what i mean for the yeah. shoot 
if the talent, you know, and they, they work together, but if the talent was, whenever I worked on cooking shows, if the talent was falling apart, tired, drunk, hungover, <laughs> uh, getting divorced, you know, seriously, it all showed up that day of the set. I mean, they don't park it in their dressing room. They should, but they can't always do it. So that, that kind of talent would need handholding by the director. Do you know what I mean? And yes. to get the scene. So then that meant that that's the two most important people though, were all tied up. Do you see what I'm saying? <laughs> and you, you hoped it went fairly smoothly. How lovely for Carrie Washington to be like that and got, well, again, look at the success of the show. Good for her. Yeah. You know, the last uh, scene that I did on Scandal was in the inauguration scene. And I was sitting somewhere between where um, a Trump kid and Nancy Pelosi sat at the Trump inauguration. So I was sitting next to a couple of principal players. And one of the first things they tell you in that first seminar is don't talk right. to a principal player. You know, just like, yeah. But if they talk to you, then you can answer them. Yes. No, no, that's true. Don't make eye contact with them. Yeah. But if they talk to you, then you can answer them. I'm honey, I've been there. Yeah. So I was sitting next to one of the one of, or two of the, the principal players and they were chatting with me like I was the third person in this conversation. And I thought, they don't know. They don't know I'm nobody. They don't know who I am because I am no one. But it was that was a fun day because we were, the weather was pleasant. You know, the weather can be oh. bloody killer cold or desperately hot, even though they supposedly a lot of sets, they do give you a tent and they try to air condition yeah. the tent and all you that. Know, but sometimes in the old studios, Patty, the air conditioning is terrible, as you well yeah. know. And then you're just struggling. And then they turn it off when it's not being, when they're not shooting because they're trying to cut back and blah, blah, blah. I mean, and we've, when you were talking about it, I'm just, I know that sometimes, um, I mean, I just felt sorry for the people that were, you know, the background players on some of our infomercials because no one gave a damn. And as an example, at the very end of the day now, it's 110 degrees, they'd say, Denise, do you have a tray of these hors d'oeuvres that we can pass out to the extras and get them eating on camera? I'd say, not now. So. <laughs> I mean, 12 hours later, no, nobody should be eating this. These people will die. And I learned that. that so in infomercials, I used to say to the director when we were still waiting for the talent, I'd say, let's get some shots of the extras eating the delicious food that's out of the machine that we're selling. And we'll do it when it's fresh and it's safe. Do you know what I mean? That's smart. Smart. Because otherwise, I need to know the times I said to a director, oh, no, this will poison them. We can't feed them this. He looked at me and said, they're extras. Oh. <laughs> See? No respect. It, it, no respect. Yeah, uh, it didn't make you feel good about food. Food was, was an interesting... Yeah, did uh, you, see, oh, the, one other thing you said, trying to get to a set. See, people don't realize it's not always that easy. Sometimes oh. you're on the third tree down in some fancy neighborhood and there's police and there's, I mean, it's not easy. People don't realize you don't just walk into someplace and it's a set. Sometimes it's hard to get there. It's hard to maneuver LA, tra well, not yeah. today, but LA traffic. 
to get to a um, like Raleigh Studios yes. or Sunset Studios at the uh, prescribed time and then get your car to the place where background is supposed to park and then get your your butt down to the table and um, then go back and get your car because yeah, your car no, has to get to do People don't place. realize there's yeah. a lot of stress to it. It is and that's than you think. And that's what I thought was really great about it for me was that I was actually feeling feels, you know, good good um, stretching for a a job. We had they I wanted to talk about the food too because the Please. food is kind of a funny thing. There's two foods. Yes. There's the yes, you can eat the food because it's craft services, it's the crafty table. And um, the crafty table is, boy, you make a beeline for the crafty table and you get yourself a banana, a granola bar, a bottle of water, maybe an orange, and you just keep that, keep that on you somewhere. And then uh, the lunches, you know, you break for lunch. And if you go over the lunch period, then you get an extra bump. They call it a bump. You get six extra dollars if they don't Ooh. break for lunch. And um, you can always tell when the time is over because the, the room starts to buzz. You know, that's, oh, we're now in the extra $6 hour. Yay! But then there's the prop food. And the prop food, of course, you know, you don't touch, you don't eat, you don't bite, you don't do anything like that. You, you pretend like you're sipping yes. the wine. Uh, you don't even let it touch your lips. No! And <laughs> the funny thing is they didn't know, you know, in food styling when you made wine you usually made it a fake wine so that there weren't any bugs any yeah. or anything real we always had real stuff not real wine but you know watered down fruit juice and so there'd be bugs around so after when they when they break for a lunch or break for a set you had to take your prop your prop <laughs> glass and take it over to a grid and put your glass on a number on a grid to remember that your glass so that when you come back to the set, you've got the same amount of liquid in the glass that you left from the previous set. Continuity. This is so Continuity. fabulous. And now, when I watch, of course, when I watch TV or, or movies, and Larry's attuned to it too, my husband, um, we're always watching the beverages go up and down and up and down and up That's and down right. the glass. Because somebody was sipping. Principal That's players can sip because they give them the real stuff. That's right. Except not wine, but they give them fruit juice. Yeah. So they can sense the stuff's going up and down and up and down. I can, uh, in almost every TV show, I can find a continuity that didn't work. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Where it fell apart. And it's the simplest things in the world. I mean, it's just because I'm used to it because they shoot things out of order. So the wine glass is full because it's, they've just sat down for dinner. And now they're supposed to be halfway through for dinner, but that glass of wine is still full. And I'm thinking, what? She never drank any of the wine while he was talking. <laughs> yeah. I know. Continuity. That's really impressive. In the olden days, you know this, Patty, we had Polaroids. And so yeah. what you did was the art director, production manager, was in charge, would run around and take a picture of you leaving the set with your glass of wine. Do you know what I mean? So that there would be no question. And by the end of a production, it was as big as a wagon wheel filled with Polaroids. Well, now they use the digital camera. I love it. So smart. They take pictures of everybody in their, in your costume, in your wardrobe. Maybe they'll take a picture of five of you together and all sorts of stuff. But they don't 
um, they don't publish them anywhere. They just have to, the continuity person has to keep looking at it. That's right. And, you know, as a background person, you can sit there thinking they don't, they didn't see that that plate ha used to have oranges on it. There you but go. I'm not going to pipe up. <laughs> now, that is another part of working on the set that you just mentioned or working on your production. I learned early, you don't volunteer, okay? <laughs> no, yeah. <laughs> Unless someone's gonna be really hurt, you just put your head down. This is my famous and my favorite of working the set one day. Because lots of times as the food sellers, Patty, we put all the food out in the beautiful scene and stuff, but they wouldn't pay us to stay all day. Do you know what I mean? Or, or the assistant prop man would monitor the set, that, but I wouldn't stay all the time. Once. I'm on Dynasty. I'm pretty new in the business, but I'm cleaning up, setting the table and or whatever I was doing, but behind one of those gigantic Dynasty flower arrangements, I see a styrofoam cup with the most fuchsia lipstick on it you've ever seen. <laughs> and I go over and I don't touch it, and I, but I can smell that it's vodka. <laughs> oh. And I just walk away, I think. I'm not, you know what I mean? It was hidden. I knew that belonged to somebody. Well, of course, we come back to do the scene and out <laughs> comes Joan Collins with the most beautiful future colored lipstick on you know, ah. in her life. <laughs> and now the director finds the cup because he thinks it's a lousy crew member, a lazy crew member that's left his water glass there or something. Do you know what I mean? So he starts in and then he picks it up and of course sees the lipstick and <laughs> turns to the crew and says, anybody have an idea of whose this is? Oh, And Joan Collins turned with her gorgeous hands and her neck over her shoulder. And she said, well, I certainly wouldn't have a clue. <laughs> <laughs> and turned away. And that was when I learned so much from that because I thought, you don't volunteer. You don't, <laughs> don't, make, don't make waves. <laughs> don't talk. <laughs> let it be and she, i would certainly i don't have a clue and she turned away and we all went on with shooting and that was the end of that it was pretty you know, you know just being a, a part of the wallpaper and then when they when they need you or they want you they they point at you yes or something about whatever you are mine was usually my my hair and then they they put you places yes as, of as part of but you you don't say anything don't <laughs> You know, don't say, oh, thank you. Oh, I'm glad you picked me. I thought you might. No, 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 no. I believe that you sent us some pictures. So when your podcast airs, we're going to put them up on the website, the Women Beyond a Certain Age website, so people can see them. Um, and now, what made you stop doing it, Patty? Because I know you did it for several years, and you were, all, you were great. You were always out getting a job. I was out getting a job. That's right. I... Um, <laughs> Not every gig is worth your time yes. if you aren't a, a starving actor Got who needs, needs a job. And I had, I think, probably five in a row that uh, were telling me this was not worth my time. Got it. And so the fifth one was the one that I decided um, they don't need me anymore. I, you know, the fifth one was, okay. I'm I'm done. I wasn't mad or anything. I just thought you just I don't want the patterns. Or the seventh one. I just didn't want that. So I I I stopped. 
but I have to tell you, I wanted to tell you something about wardrobe. Yes. Okay, so wardrobe, when you're in a period piece, then you have, unless you really do have the 1950s yeah. dress, um, you go to wardrobe and, and they uh, put you in costume. So I was on an episode of um, The Masters of Sex, which was oh, um, sure. set in the 1950s. Yes. 1950s. And you had to, I, you went to a pre-production meeting to learn how to curl your hair so that you showed up with your hair in curlers so that they weren't wasting any time making your hair into a 1950s do. Gotcha. So they did my hair and um, they found a, um, an outfit that had a cinched waist. Now in the 50s, the women wore girdles. Yeah. And they not only wanted me to put on a girdle, but they also gave me, of course, they gave me the girdle, but they also gave me the waist cincher. And a waist cincher is a, is a killer is a killer but they got me in that thing and they wrenched me up and they <laughs> tight and i looked i was like ooh, i look great my waist you know i was curvy and my my hips were just everything about me looked great and it hurt it hurt so bad it hurt so bad but i was in a scene where they were doing i was supposed to walk right behind this principal player and sneer at her and so I couldn't take this thing off. So I walked past her once and sneered at her, but it wasn't my best sneer. And so I, I, um, we had to reshoot, we had to do that. And so I channeled my mother because my mother was, was a, an excellent sneerer. Channeled my mother, delivered the sneer. Great, okay, break. And then, you know, off to the next scene. And I snuck into the, the bathroom, also called the honey wagon. Yes, thank you. And I peeled that sucker off and I peeled off the girdle and I don't know how I scooched that outfit back down over my gut and over my hips, but I did it. Put the girdle and the, and the thing in my purse. You always have a really big tote purse and nobody noticed, nobody saw me. I was invisible again anyway and I got out of that thing. I probably wore it uh, two hours and I thought I would be the worst prisoner of war I any torture because I would have given up all secrets of the United States to get out of that way you know what we haven't lived a life where we've been tortured very much no, we and I say this all the time I think to myself I'd give it up I'd give up anybody in about 13 seconds when they just showed me the chainsaw on you don't have to do anything else I oh, would yeah. totally fold well honey this was uh, well I know your career came to an end but you've gone on and you make the most uh, people aren't going to see the picture I'm seeing right now well maybe they'll see it on the, but C Patty jo joined a quilting group and makes the world's most beautiful group quilts with her group. And tell me what you do with them, Patty. This is a, a group called Quilt from the Heart, and we make quilts to give to people in need. It's so wonderful. So after all the fires in California, there were a lot of households in the fire damaged areas that lost everything. And we made several hundred quilts for them. There are foster kids who are, you know, just taken away from 
the, the living condition that they were in in the in the moment and we have quilts for them oh, we have quilts for women's um not women's shelters more women's living spaces that need bedding yeah yeah and they're allowed to keep their quilt they keep their quilt and what's satisfying about this well for very selfish reasons everybody shares fabric so you get to use lots of fabric that you didn't buy and the the quilt guild has all the supplies so you're making quilts and giving them back it's so you wonderful get to use your 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 skills and you learn new techniques and you are sewing and when you when you are a person that sews it is an obsession when you sew quilts it's it's an art we this is our our art so we are textile yes. artists and we you can you can sit down in this or we can sit down in a sewing machine and hours fly by and that's how when the face masks project came up quickly in the coronavirus during coronavirus we all jumped on being able to make masks because we we love to sew i know you it's the, i think one you and i have talked about this when we're not shooting not recording a podcast you've gone back to all the things you love to do before you had to work for 50 years <laughs> sewing was something that i, I did in college loved. it's wonderful and i got patty was so sweet sent kenny and i two masks um right at the beginning of the epidemic. And you know, it was so thoughtful, Patty, because there aren't, there, it, then there aren't, an, there were not enough masks out there. Do you know what I mean? Now, yeah. we're still getting stuff in the mail that my husband, which is fine. My husband bought the plastic guards that you look like a welder. My husband bought the $97 thermometer and he just walks around with it sometimes and says to me, I'm checking for the Rona. And he hits my forehead, works with the dogs. He has some issues, but now we have every paraphernalia for the coronavirus that you can buy. And you know, it's not, it's not wasted effort and it's, it's not wasted supplies because no. um, we all have a closet to tuck all these things in and down the road, there might be some needs that we have to well, bring them back out been, again. And, you know. We were given some other, some of these, I don't know why we were, but anyway, Kenny has a friend who's one of his, in his a dear friend from his church and he brought uh we had five or six of those black ones or something else and we gave them to the nurses at the hospital that his friend worked at so it's not like it's going to go away someone's going to use this equipment yeah and and we have to have several of them because you put them in the washing machine if That's you go right. out supermarket or something i wear cotton gloves we bought a supply of cotton gloves so that we can Put them right in the washing machine and come home and still have clean gloves for yes. for the next time we go somewhere although larry and i are going nowhere we take I, a walk in the morning and then we come home and we're nowhere the same thing kenny and i go nowhere we take a drive sometimes we don't go anywhere we just take a drive <laughs> <laughs> well i've got to say with the background acting that that's on hold oh and yeah, i think that, down the road when it starts up again with productions they are going to be writing scripts that will have some background in it, but everybody will be distant from each other, or they may use CGI to put in more people in scenes that aren't really there. Gotcha. They will have to be more careful with um, uh, how many background are in just in holding while you're sitting and waiting. That's you can't exactly have right. It's going to have a huge impact on absolutely. 
Absolutely. Yeah. And I won't be doing it again because it does take away a job from somebody that needs it. There you go. There you go. But you, you were actually, they got you from Central Casting. So few people can say that in their life, Patty. <laughs> so it's magnificent to me. They, I had more gigs at the beginning, and then they kind of get more people that look like you, and then you kind of fall, <laughs> off, and the fall off the edge. <laughs> but there was a point that I was actually seeing the same seniors several times in different productions, because we all kind of I love it. had this look. Well, madam, thank you so much for your time. Thank this you. This is for, so fun. We want to thank you for coming. And we're going to have pictures of Patty on the website. And if anyone wants to reach out to us, it's womenbeyond at icloud.com. Thank you for asking me. I got to say, this is always, it's always a treasure to see you, both of you. Thank you, Miss Patty. Love thank you. Thank you. Bye bye. Love you guys. Bye bye. Bye bye.